And hello, it is time for the CC and JT Amateur Hour. We're or so, half hour. A half hour, yeah, we're so amateuristic, we don't know how long we take. Anyway, it is Sunday, May 30th. Yes, uh, 2021. Wish, yeah, we wish uh, folks on this um, somber weekend, if you are so affected, we wish folks that are with at home with their memories, we wish them a very respectful Memorial Day. Yes. Uh, for those that, uh, you know, of course, paid the ultimate sacrifice, uh, you are in our thoughts also. And uh, we we wish, we hope wherever you are, we hope you are best. And for families and friends who are thinking of you, the same. We want to make sure that in the, the joy of the beginning of the summer season and everybody exploring and, and getting out of the house again for the first time in quite a while, mm-hmm. that... Uh, those memories aren't forgotten for everyone. Yep. So we salute you. And uh, that sort of is a segue as a, to this week's topic because um, you know, because this week CC had a very tragic occurrence at, at the workplace this week where a longtime colleague suddenly passed away while at their desk. It was a very rough week, but it was a reminder of the impermanence of life mm-hmm. the fact that we never know when something like that is going to happen and go to work one morning and don't go home so it was not a it was not a pleasant week for the workplace and we're going to be dealing with that for quite a while but that led, and along with the memorial day weekend that led us to think about this topic for this yeah. weekend and before we dive into that, we want to let uh, Josh know, wherever he is, that he is also in our thoughts, and a lot of thoughts. And uh, if you are listening, you know, you're going to get quite the send-off here in uh, June. So, uh, you, you're... You are remembered fondly are, by many people. And treasured. Definitely uh, treasured. So, a shout-out to Josh. And uh, we're thinking of you. Yes. And then now we're going to start talking about death and fiction. Death and fiction. Death is, of course, something that, uh, you know, the great equalizer. You know, when it it all's said and done, we, you know, we can't take it with us. No, and it's somewhere where we all end up, no matter what our status. No matter how rich or poor. You know, whatever our religion. Nationality. We all end up there. And... I always have a personal theory, and of course, you know, CC and anybody else can shoot me down on this. Excuse me, <clears throat> CC or anybody can shoot me down on this. Is, uh, you know, even despite this last year, uh, actually, this last year actually uh, reminded us more of death probably than we have in the 21st and latter part of the 20th century. Because, uh, for example, your mother's family back in Ireland, and not to be morbid, but death was a constant companion. It was a large family, and the the time period there was still a lot of the having the uh, the family member lie in the living room type of situation, which we don't really do in the United States. So mm-hmm. it's it was a very cultural thing, the culture and the religion around the experience of death. It was more it was part of life, which it is, but mm-hmm. in the United States, it's a more sterile experience where. One day people just don't reappear 
And in the last year, that was especially true because a lot of family members did not get to say goodbye to their loved ones yeah. for various reasons. Yeah, somebody was saying, I read somewhere on um, in social media somewhere uh, uh, where somebody confronted somebody with a mask and the, the, the elderly woman says, I don't want to die on FaceTime. It's a very good point. Which happened. It happened a, a lot, lot of iPads in the hospital room. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the American... American experience for many people. We don't think of death as a constant companion, as a constant thing. It's it's something that you know that will happen. But it for for many families, for many homes, houses, it happens to somebody else. It doesn't uh, happen to ourselves, except for this last year when hundreds of thousands passed away. Then we were faced with this, you know, this which is a completely normal occurrence. You know, at the end of the road. But, uh, you know, uh, Nevada uh, did a study that said that on average from this from this crisis, from the COVID crisis, on average, 13 years of life was left was lost for every person that was in Nevada that was lost to COVID. And you think about 13 years is that's almost a generation lost. And that's, of course, 13 years is the the middle, you know, the upper and lower parts of that are probably just even more <laughs> depressing. True. And it was. It was an experience that's not unusual because there was a pandemic in the early 20th century too. And as someone who is often dealing with historic events, I wondered what it would be like living in that situation. I found out that I didn't really want to wonder. Yeah. It's not something you want to experience. Yeah, really. Hearing somebody's stories about having survived it is different than having to live through it. But We've all learned a little bit, I hope, about oh, uh, the impermanence of life. That then when we went to breakfast this morning, and how many masks did we see? None. None. None, except for us. Except for us. So It's still a raw subject for a lot of people. Some people are very opposed to the idea of vaccinations and masks, and that's a totally different subject for another day. But it does tie in because in some cases, that will lead to more deaths. So people are getting back to, quote unquote, getting back to normal, and they're getting back to, well, putting these unfortunate events back to, at arm's length. And I'm wondering how much, excuse me, I'm sorry, <clears throat> I have a cold or allergies or something. Um, I wonder how much uh, American uh, entertainment culture is responsible for that. And uh, we talked about that a little bit, uh, especially like uh, literature, comic books, movies, so on and so forth. Being dead is not permanent. I mean, not at all. Not at all. With, with the Harry Potter series, spoiler coming up with the Harry Potter series, at one of the very last acts, Harry's most most loved ones came back and joined him. Well, and then he himself went beyond. Yeah, that's right. He was, if not dead, then near dead yeah. and came back. And he, was he was given, killed. Given the choice to come back. Yeah. And Voldemort as well. Both yeah. of them theoretically died they because of their connection, but their connection also kept them both alive. Yeah. And you pick up any, you know, comic book, which is something, you know, here's a, here's a confession. I was raised on comic books. But if you re, re, if you pick up any comic book series, you know, that goes more than, you know, 10 issues. I mean, Superman was very famously killed. The Death and Life of Superman. Yeah, The Death and Life, which is, you know, a, a, was an exceptional comic book series. It was, really was. But, uh, you know, he, quote unquote, died. And then, of course, came back. And it, it, it did it in the movie, too. 
Um, and you, you know, just keep, you can just go down the list and I'm not going to in, in, in comic books, but, you know, for those of us that were, weren't raised on comic books, it happens in literature. All we mentioned time. Harry's Potters, but, you know, Arthur Conan Doyle created a very famous character in Sherlock Holmes and he got so sick of him. You know, Arthur Conan Doyle, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, um, threw Sherlock Holmes off into a waterfall to get rid of him. And then the, the resulting uproar, uproar. Uh, forced him to bring it back. So, again, holding death at arm's length um, is, is kind of almost seems like an American culture. You know, if we if we kill them, we can bring them back. Think of your think of a dramatic TV series. You could probably think, what? Oh my God, supernatural! How many times did the boys go to hell? Hell, heaven, purgatory. Yeah. So every season, somebody died. In many cases, they came back, and yeah. that was the running theme of the the show basically was that they really started to wish that they would die permanently <laughs> because they were so tired of it. Yeah. And in fiction, I think it's the human need to control something that we can't control. Yeah. And that's exactly where I was going with that because it's um, because let's face it, you know, on, on this side of the page, on this side of the screen, death is permanent. Yeah. And, you know, there comes a time where you, you either say goodbye or you, you know, you don't say goodbye and boom, gone. And we, we, we want to have that control. And those of us who are writers, um, either, you know, in literature or in, in screen or anything like that, we want to have that kind of control and bring people back. Now, in my books, uh, death has occurred. Um, well, I'm you not have death a... in the title of one of your books, Love yeah. and Death and I-80 West. Yeah, and, you know, it's... Uh, I treated it as permanent. Nobody came out. It wasn't a, It wasn't the, 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 the what others because, um, because that was the, the you know the point is there 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 is an end. But and I I'm just curious you know I'm curious about how other writers feel about the handling the writing of death which is such a permanent and let's face it a dramatic a dramatic event. It can be dramatic, but it can also be very peaceful. It can be We've, peaceful, emotional. It's always emotional. It's always emotional, knowing that you know, hey, that you know that you know these days are finite. These days are finite for some folks. That the 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 number of days is smaller, some are larger than others, but it is finite. And then, of course, then we you know we're circling almost back to supernatural or but you know your whatever religion, whatever culture you're in is the life after death thing again, maybe expressing our need to control something that uh, we actually have no factual foundation for what happens to us after we do die well, and then you get into the more supernatural being aspect of it where mm -hmm. you have something like a vampire mm -hmm. it's a uh, kind of an undead experience and Dracula famously Bram Stoker yeah. and it wasn't really a probably as much a discussion on life as it was on other topics but there is that they were maybe at one point a human being but through this process of drinking human blood and they were killed at some point and they can be killed mm -hmm. with a stake through the heart or so, whatever whatever you know depending on the story um, getting into more modern popular fiction, you have the twilight series where spoilers again, um, Bella in one of the later stories is 
pregnant with Edward's baby, which is unnatural because he's a vampire, she's a human. And the, the result is that Bella basically dies. He turns her into a vampire as she's dying. So she does not die. And then they are in the romantic sense together forever Mm. as vampires. So there is that aspect of it, the kind of romantic, the romanticized immortality Mm. that we in, like, as you said, on this side of the page, we don't get that. And then there's, you know, and then, uh, then there's like what I find is like the, the weakest kind of writing in the world. Forgive me for this, especially if you're doing this, but this is my opinion only, you know, folks trying to have their cake and eat it too. It's this, this current craze of zombies. Oh, oh God, zombies. That is my least favorite. I do not like zombies at all. You know, even, Uh, but I will say I enjoyed Shaun of the Dead. That was a funny take on the zombies. You know, even JK fell in, uh, JK Rowling fell into the zombie thing by in one of her later books, you know, Inferni. Am I saying that right? Oh, the Inferi. Yeah, that you know, which were zombies by any other kind of name, but everybody felt you know is, is is like it's like oh dear God stop please we know how many zombies do we we have more zombies walking the earth and the Walking Dead the Walking Dead very and, popular for a while and, and it's um, it's like well you know so what it, and of course zombies of course represent death chasing us you know that's what zombies really are doing is like you know we're alive. And, you know, zombies are a literary representation of death chasing us down, always after us, always eating our brains. <laughs> Who has brains? Does Who's anyone brain? have a brain? Does anybody have a brain? I don't. I... Anyway. So it's, it's like, and if, if you, when you run out of ideas, back in the day, in old TV shows, in 60s and 70s TV shows, when they ran out of plots, they went to the amnesia plot where the main character had amnesia for an episode. I think today the 21st century of the version of the amnesia plot is the zombie plot. Is like uh, when we run out of things to say, let's just have, you know, let's kill somebody, let's kind of kill somebody off and have them chase the main character for a series or an arc. And it's like, so, so how do writers, you know, we've expressed how writers, uh, express death in their writing by going either through the near dead, the after dead, the undead, the undead. But I think that it's probably, that's if, you know, that, that there's two things that are almost, well, I don't want to say impossible, but I think the two most difficult acts that writers have capture in on page is that of death. Yes. And that of falling in love. That is true. Because, you know, because love... They're very large life experiences and they can be hard to contain in the written word. Yeah, but on the flip side is, is if you can't do that, then you're not much of a writer. That is the that is the challenge of writing is, you know, capturing those two large life-changing events in, in on a page. And it, the, the reason they're so difficult to capture is that everyone's emotions are different. Everyone experiences emotions differently. Mm -hmm. So what the writer may be expressing might be valid, but the reader is just not connecting with it for some reason. So it's, they have to find that middle ground between how they're feeling it and how someone else might feel it. And that's actually for both love and death because we we all fall in love differently. We all, well, candidly, we all handle uh, the experience of death differently. There is no quote unquote acceptable way of doing either of those. And it's it's funny how the two for literature at least have a great, great number of parallels because they're, they're deeply emotional. 
Uh, they can be for some people. You know, you fall in love once. That's it. You know, can you fall in love again is always the question. Or were you ever in love in the first place? Whereas with death, well, when you die, you die. Well, and in love, you experience love differently. There are so many different aspects of love. There's parental love. There's child for parent. There's spousal love. There's sibling love. There's friendship. And there's, there's the, that's the wide difference between love and death. Because while there are these variations of love, there's you die, you die. Right. But then, as you mentioned, the experience, it's the people who are left behind how they experience mm -hmm. the some people. I don't think you're ever OK with it, but mm -hmm. some people are more able to understand that it is a part of the cycle right. of life and it can be very tragic, but also it could be something that, uh, you know, not necessarily beautiful, but you know that it was just time. Yeah. Some people and some people express, and there's a wide range of emotions. Let, let, let's be candid. Um, for those left behind, some will feel, you know, um, sorrow and deep sorrow. Some will, folks will say, I wish I could uh, give my left arm to have this person back in, in my life. And candidly, there's some people just feel a sense of relief um, because depending on whether or not the person was either a jerk or the person was either a long time long sufferer suffering. of cancer and so on and so forth. And they're, they've, they've, it's become such a part of their life and they're finally glad that their loved one is, is relieved of their pain. At peace, at so peace to with speak. So, so to speak, that their that their uh, their end of life experience is, is is over. So what we've been talking about here for a few minutes is maybe some ways that you you as the writer, we as the writers, can express this uh, this end of life, end of chapter, end of you know, end of the road experience by uh, maybe exploring the emotions of the folks that are there with them. Um, let's talk, you know, we started this podcast by talking about a recent, uh, the recent experience. So I guess it's only fair that we also talk about the other experience that you and I, you and I shared was, uh, is uh, being in the room when your mother passed away. Yes. Who, and uh, if you'll forgive me, she was a longtime cancer sufferer. Uh, and she did, which in, in my opinion, she she uh, she was to be admired for her strength. I mean, she 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 was, fought the good fight. She fought the good fight. She did it for years. And tying in more family history, her mother, her father, and several of her siblings also passed from cancer. And at the various time periods, there wasn't quite the amount of care available. The medical advances in the earlier time periods were not as far along as they were with my mother. Mm -hmm. And the the experiences were very different because they couldn't even try to do something in some cases. They would get to a certain point and they'd just say, that's it, we can't do any more. In her case, she actually was able to do some experimental treatments mm -hmm. because they got to the point and they said, well, we can't. But there is this thing, it's not quite sure yet. Do you want to give it a try? And she did. Yeah, and it and it I don't prolonged. want to say it worked out well for her because, candidly, we really don't know the amount of discomfort or, or pain that she is with from these treatments. But I thought that, you know, she kept her, she kept, when we were with her, to be fair, when we were with her, uh, she seemed to, she appeared to be strong. In good spirits. In good spirits. And then on that, that day where you and I and uh, your father basically, uh, uh uh, on the always, watch. You know, just did, did the final watch with her, and then she just stopped. 
just stopped. And that's actually my uh, aunt and uncle. So my mother's brother and sister had been there earlier and they had left to give us some time with her. And after the time period when we were waiting for the hospice nurse to come and pronounce officially and things like that, I eventually called my aunt and that was, I remember distinctly what I said was she just stopped. Yep. She was done. She stopped. There was no, no more suffering. And And that kind of experience can inform your writing because if you haven't experienced that type of thing before and from what popular media and even, you know, classic literature, death can be a very violent experience. As you mentioned in comic books, it's usually something very violent, but in life it might not be. And that's what I think is the difference between quote unquote real life versus fictional life. Or I want to be careful. I say this, um, mainstream uh, popular media life how about that is uh is sometimes the loss of a, of a person of a loved one is very personal and always it's very personal and that is why it is probably such a challenge to write is that the writer has to come uh to the keyboard with uh their emotions and express those emotions in front of them or hold them back to express the scene uh, So that someone else can apply their own emotional language to it, maybe? Yeah, but they also, but if it's not appropriate, because we, we all have experienced death, if the, the genre that they're writing in, uh, if their own personal experience detects from that genre, they, they have to be, they have to, you know, harness their emotions to make sure that, they're doing writing, justice to the work in front of them. For example, if you're writing that huge scene at the end of Avengers, mm-hmm. you know, huge spoiler alert, but there is a very dramatic and bloody epic battle going on. And how can you write something like that from experience? Maybe somebody who was in the military and had experienced battle, uh-huh. but even at that level, it's not the apocalyptic kind of battle that you're having in the uh, actually, movie. Actually, I think uh, you have the right movie or maybe it's the movie before that. I think you... Yeah, you know, I'm thinking of the big battle No, 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 scene. no, no. What I was thinking is the movie uh, where Natasha and ah. uh, and uh, Cliff are dealing with, you know, you know, dealing with one of them. Which is, one of them will... Which, which one of them is going to die and... Uh, I one actually of them think... T- no, I'm going to actually push back on this one because I don't think that is so much the the death part of it is mm-hmm. the as the self-sacrificing part of it and i think death does play into it but it's more of the fact that both of them felt that they weren't worthy to continue living mm-hmm. and making the sacrifice wasn't going to be a big deal for them so i think that was more dealing with their lives than their deaths uh, okay that's but, a fair point you know that's my pushback and that's we are talking point. about personal that's a fair point but again uh the re- um and that's a, that's a welcome pushback. But I was thinking, though, that, that was uh, how very personal it was, just the two of them there, knowing that you know that one would stay. One Absolutely, would and that is an experience. Going back to this being Memorial Day and military, and that is something that many people who serve in the military in a combat zone may have to deal with at some point, yeah. and the general public may not ever know or considering the way society is going there have been more situations where that has come into play for people when you make that decision to take one step to the right 
Mm-hmm. And maybe you're getting in the line of fire and saving somebody. So, and but it's still not in the epic environment of the, you know, the fictional hugeness, I guess, of that epic type of battle and death situation. So I guess basically what we're saying is, is when we, when we as writers get to that point about writing about death, uh, it has to be uh, a personal experience. It has to be something written um, with emotion, with, but uh, focused emotion, being careful uh, that you're applying, um, I want to say, well, how do I want to say this? That you're applying the proper uh, uh, proper amounts of respect and gravitas and, uh, well, life and love to that moment. And that is a good point. You have to determine whether the death is appropriate for the situation that you're writing and how it should be handled. And then once you've made that determination, if you made that determination that yes, it is appropriate as, forgive me for putting it this way, as a plot device, then is it being handled uh, in accordance with the rest of your work? If you're doing comedy, is it? Are you making it, you know, tragic comedy? Maybe? Tragic comedy. If it is uh, a military death, is it a respectful death, uh, or is it a death from cowardice under under line of fire? That that happens probably more than we know. These are all these are all challenges for the writer, and I, I know it, I don't think we actually you know skittered around like we do like we usually do, but we I think if we were to summarize it. And I think I already did summarize it. You did. Uh, I did. It says that when the time comes, um, it needs to be done in accordance with the genre. It needs to be done in accordance with respect. It needs to be done with accordance of uh, the appropriate gravitas. And it needs to be uh, done uh, with uh, love and life. And uh, it should be. It, it should. isn't always handled that way. And I'm sure there are authors that will not be respectful for various reasons and that may be part of the storyline yeah. so there are no absolutes but it should be and i also want to express there's a thing of caution here too because i killed off a popular character in one of my books and i'm hearing about it years later and i'm sure as you mentioned sir arthur conan doyle before yeah. he yes. rescinded what he had done yes which you can do of course in fiction that's that, that's where we and we've seemed to have managed to, uh, uh, the big we've circle gone here. Full, full circle the full circle. So um, we hope that we've given you some ideas and some perspective and our experiences. I hope all of that has uh, aided you in uh, coming up with your ideas on uh, writing about what is, I don't want to use the word tragic, but inevitable. It can be tragic. It can be tragic. It, it, it can as be. we said, it could be peaceful. It There is a lot involved and it's probably much too huge a subject for us to touch on in 20 25 minutes oh i think we did we did okay we skimmed over the we surface. skimmed over it and hopefully what we've done is uh we've hoping that you will apply some critical thinking to what we've uh, what we have proposed and understanding of course because this is the amateur hour we may not know what we're doing but we, i think we this is our personal experience this is our personal experience this is what we've learned through you know living and writing and it's there may be some valid thoughts that we've made, or if there's something that you feel we've approached differently than you would approach it, let us know. Yeah, We'd be interested to continue the conversation we want you know, to through discussion. Yeah, definitely. We want to hear back from folks to say either 
you know, we're, we're, we're doing what we're doing or we're full of shit. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, oh this is a PG broadcast. Oh. There goes the PG. There goes the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we think we've cheered you people up enough on this wonderful weekend. Well, we do want you to take away from this, if nothing else, that you should really try to enjoy your life to the fullest, whether you're reading or writing or just out enjoying the beautiful weekend. Uh, Remember your loved ones who might not be with you any longer uh, with fondness and, you know, just keep on keeping on and keep on keeping on explore and enjoy your life. Absolutely. As we were reminded this week. Yes, unfortunately, but it, it, it is we'll what be it is. in someone's thoughts for quite a while. And it, that is a form of immortality on its own. Yeah. Anyway, we thank you for listening to us. Blather on again. This is the CC and JT amateur hour over on my right is CC. And to my left is JT. We are totally flipped around because we're in the dining room again. So we'll, we'll, we will talk to you later. Let us know what you think. Our website is carsonhume.com. Y'all take care of yourselves. Have a great week.